What's going on guys? Austin here and in this video we are going to be taking a look at the extra points overreaction Monday on a Tuesday. Is it no big deal? Is it time to worry or should they sell the team? So we're going to get started where we always do with Thursday night football. That's not Thursday night football. That's Sunday morning football. Thursday night football was completely irrelevant to everything. So Sunday morning Germany football. The Bucks beat the Seahawks in Germany 21 to 16. Are the Bucks back to being NFC contenders? They've put together back-to-back -to -back wins. Uh can't roll. Yeah, they had that stupid comeback against the Rams where the Rams just decided to stop playing defense for some reason. And then a win against the Seattle Seahawks where the Seahawks had to travel farther than any NFL team has ever traveled for a football game. You might be able to tell where I'm going with this, but I mean, the, the Seahawks' first half offense was just completely disheveled. Um, I mean, they basically just lost two full days of of practice and maybe maybe two and a half, three days, and had to spend about 20 hours on a plane. So are the Bucks back to being NFC contenders? No, I don't take much into these into this win or the win against the Rams. Honestly, the Rams are an awful football team, and they deserve to win that football game. This, that was just stupid. So the Dolphins blew out the Browns 39-17, to and now they lead the AFC East. We've been talking about the Dolphins as a serious playoff threat, but are they a now a real Super Bowl contender? Not now as in, like, beating the Browns makes them anything. But like, I mean, they're undefeated with Tua. Their offense is humming. They got Jeff Wilson, who was the old 49ers backup, and now all of a sudden he looks like a serious problem. Uh, their offense really can't be stopped. Their defense plays very well at home, not necessarily as much on the road, but they win the AFC East. I mean, it's possible that, you know, their first two games could be a home game. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously if they, if they win them both. Should we be talking about the Dolphins as a real Super Bowl contender? I'm going to say it's time to worry. I think that the Tyree kill to a Tagovailoa connection is a serious problem in the league. Now, the Vikings, they beat the Bills 33-30 to 30 in overtime in one of the most spectacular football games I've ever seen as far as unbelievable plays, crazy coincidences. Not, not even a coincidence, but just like there's no way that this lucky thing that you need to happen is going to happen, and then it does. So Kirk Cousins had an okay game, not very great. He had a crap ton of yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Uh, you know, on the other side, Josh Allen had a crap ton of yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, outplayed Devin Singletary for the most part. And the receivers kind of went tit for tat, although Justin Jefferson, as we all know, is better than Stephon Diggs. So – the Vikings at 8-1 and one haven't lost since week two on Monday Night Football against the Eagles, who are you know now 8-1, and one, tied with the Vikings for the best record, but they have a tiebreaker. So the Vikings, last week I said they're the quietest 8-1 and 7-1 or seven and one team in NFL history. They, like, they literally halfway through the season had one loss, and nobody was talking about them. Now they have one of the best wins in football, and are still 8-1 and one on a seven-game win streak. Are they better than we admit? And when I say admit, I it's really just willing to talk about. I'm going to say it's time to worry. As of right now today, I believe that the way they're playing, the confidence that they have, the swagger that they have, 
the way that they've gotten Dalvin Cook integrated into the offense again. I believe right now today they're the best team in the NFL, which is crazy. I wouldn't have said that going into the season because I didn't think they had a good enough defense. Um, and I mean, obviously, 30 points isn't, you know, some great, you know, some great defensive performance, but they've made enough plays. Patrick Peterson is not a corpse. In fact, he is still a relatively OK cornerback. Now, the Rams without Stafford lose to the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. Are the Rams the worst Super Bowl defenders of all time? You have to go back throughout NFL history to find, uh, you know, a Super Bowl champion who the following year lost this many games this early, who 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 won so few games. Uh, you know, a couple a couple of strike shortened years or like schedule changing years. Uh, you know, caught a couple of teams off guard. You know, cut some games short. Um, you know, say the uh, the Denver Broncos in 2016. They, you know, Peyton Manning retired, although he wasn't that great. They still had a lot of good pieces, and they came close to, but didn't quite make the playoffs. Uh, in fact, the uh, 1999 Denver Broncos, uh, you know, they kind of fell off a cliff. They missed the playoffs, but they also lost their Hall of Fame quarterback. As of right now, this Rams team, you know, the loss of Von Miller, the loss of Andrew Whitworth, which is that's the one I really think it is, and the loss of Odell Beckham slash Robert Woods seems to be way more problematic than we than we had ever anticipated now to be fair to the rams they not only dropped from andrew whitworth to their backup joe noteboom but joe noteboom i believe got injured for the rest of the season in like week four or something like that um so they've been on their third for all intents and purposes third string left tackle um it's not a great look. Now, I mean, they they did make some additions to the team. Bobby Wagner has seriously worked out. Uh, you know, the Rams are one of the better run defenses in the NFL after last year being one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. But the Allen Robinson deal has not played out well. They really probably should have kept Robert Woods, and they definitely should have paid Odell Beckham Jr. instead of you know, being disrespectful as much as they were. Odell, they don't make the Super Bowl if Odell Beckham wasn't on their roster. And they don't win the Super Bowl if they don't start so hot with Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl. It's completely disrespectful the way that they let him rehab on his own without without offering him a serious contract. And they could have offered him any sort of money that, you know, was really beyond $7 million a year. And that's that's about what Odell would be going for right now is 8 or $9 million. But that's neither here nor there. Are the Rams the worst Super Bowl defenders of all time? The answer is absolutely, unequivocally, yes. They need to sell the team. Now, it's too late to have a fire sale, but honestly, if I were the Rams, I would have pretty much gotten rid of everybody except Donald Cup and Stafford, which includes Jalen Ramsey. There are a lot of NFL teams that could use a fiery cornerback that uh, – you know, don't have a great secondary. I think the Bucks, you know, would have made that move. They don't have a great secondary. I think the Titans, the Chiefs, those two teams definitely would have made that move. But that's neither here nor there. Are the seven and two Chiefs the best team in the NFL? The Chiefs beat the Jags twenty-seven to seventeen, and now they have, uh, you know, one of the hottest streaks in the NFL. Um, the last couple wins, I mean, they haven't been against great teams. You know, they beat up on uh, they beat up on the Titans, who you know 
I'm not going to call the Titans frauds, but the Titans don't have a single great win on their roster on their season. They haven't really played anybody good. Uh, and then they beat the Jags, which are a pretty much struggling team. Now, for the Chiefs, they their offense is great against the bad teams, and it's okay against the good teams. Uh, that's what you that's what you'd expect with Patrick Mahomes and you know the amazing weapons that he has. On the other side, you know you got Trevor Lawrence basically just being as disappointing as you know a, a first overall pick quarterback can be outside of Jamarcus Russell. The Chiefs. I'm not ready to say they're the best team in football. I think they're up there, but I honestly don't think there's a lot of great NFL teams right now. I feel like, I mean, you talk about the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Vikings. You know, right now the right now the the Bills and the Ravens have a lot to work out. The 49ers should be up there. They just haven't put together a single good game, you know, probably since they beat up on the Seahawks. I mean, all, obviously other than the Rams, but the 49ers beating up on the Rams doesn't count. I mean, that's your pencil that in. Now, the Packers, they outscored the Cowboys 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter in overtime, and they won 31 to 28. Are the Packers back? Now, earlier, I'm pretty sure the Packers got a win. And, you know, my question was, are the Packers back on track? And then they lost like five consecutive games, which was crazy. I still can't believe that happened, you know, losing to the Jets, the Giants, the Commanders, the Bills, and the Lions. But Aaron Rodgers had a typical Aaron Rodgers game. Uh, decent, decent yards, nothing crazy. A lot of touchdowns, no picks. Aaron Jones is having the type of games that we that we expect him to have, 156 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Christian Watson really burst onto the scene. He had a Randy Moss-type moment where – he had four catches for three touchdowns and 100 yards. That's a crazy stat line right there. The defense still continues to underperform. And going into the season, I said the Packers would have the best defense in the NFL. And it's really made me angry that they've actually had one of just like the most average defenses in the NFL. Great pass defense, poor run defense, just average all the way around. But they forced Dak into two interceptions. They got a couple sacks. And they got the critical stops, you know, late in the game when they mattered most. Are the Packers back? Are they back on track? Right now they're three and six. They're tied for the same record as the Lions, and they're currently in third place in the NFC North. I'm going to say yes for the simple fact that I think it's impossible to keep Aaron Rodgers, an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, bad for a full season. Aaron Rodgers... A healthy Aaron Rodgers has never had a bad offense the whole season. And as long as they're having an average defense, Aaron Rodgers is going to figure it out. He finally got the kid, you know, Christian Watson involved. That was one of the biggest criticisms, like, oh, he doesn't throw the rookies. Like, well, yeah, I mean, he just did four times for three touchdowns. We'll see what they do moving forward. But basically around the midpoint of the season, the Packers are still alive to fight for a wild card spot. Now, the Steelers, they beat the Saints 20-10 to 10 in a matchup where they were favored by two. I teased them down to eight and a half. And the Saints still didn't cover. I bet the Saints. Now, the question I have here, is Dennis Allen the worst coach ever? Going into the season, people were talking about, you know, Dennis Allen being, you know, a terrible coach. You know, he started his seasons with the Raiders 4-12, and 4-12, and, and then 0-4. Um, you know, before getting fired. So, you know, just an absolutely horrendous coaching record of what would that be? 
eight and twenty six with the Raiders. Uh, and now he's what's he like three and six or something like that. Um, Kenny Pickett had an okay day, two hundred fifty total yards, the rushing touchdown. Najee Harris had a hundred yards. Nothing really spectacular on the Steelers' side. Even T.J. Watt didn't manage to record a sack in his first game back. On the other side, Andy Dalton had a game that, I mean, you'd expect more from Jameis Winston. I guess Jameis Winston would have, you know, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and four picks, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Dennis Allen has a stacked roster, and the defense, he's the defensive, he's the defensive mind. The defense is underperforming. The offense, while banged up, is still should be one of the better defenses in the NFL. Oh, all in all, he has a 2.239 coaching record, meaning he wins about 24% of the games that he coaches. That's just about one in every four. And that coaching record, 239, is the fifth worst among every NFL coach that has coached as many games as Dennis Allen has. It is time to worry that they already made a mistake in their first year uh, post Sean Payton. And I think that Frank Reich might be the guy that they should look back at. Now, Dennis Allen isn't a guy that I'd want to fire. I'd just move him back to the defensive coordinator spot. But after you hire and promote a guy, you can't really you can't really put him back to D.C. I can't think of any situation where that's ever happened, even though that is easily the right move. Now, the Colts run over the Raiders, uh, 25 to 20. The question is, after all the disrespect that he received uh, for literally just taking a job that he was offered, is Jeff Saturday actually an okay head coach? Now, he brought in and started Matt Ryan, which was an obvious move. Um, I mean, Sam Ellinger was clearly not the guy. And for some reason, they weren't even playing Nick Foles. It was just Sam Ellinger. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan had a Matt Ryan game, 222 yards and a touchdown, which is about what you'd expect from a 57, I think, year old quarterback. Jonathan Taylor, uh, breakout fashion, of course, after I trade him away in fantasy football. Um, I mean, not for nothing. I got back Travis Kelsey in, in the deal. But, uh, you know, of course, he goes full Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, on the other side, no, nobody really had any standout games, you know, obviously, except for JT. Nothing crazy on the defense, but it was literally just, uh, you know, uh, a win over a team that's got a lot of good players that's been underperforming. So Jeff Saturday, can he actually coach? Well, I'm going to say it's no big deal, but at least not yet. Like, you know, if he starts rattling off wins and, you know, makes the Titans sweat for the AFC South, you know, it might be a question. You know, you might be able to sit here and think, okay, well, maybe he's a lot better than we thought. I don't think it's fair to disrespect players, former players like that, at, at that kind of a level. When it comes to being an NFL coach, you need to have a certain level of football acumen. And I think you need to have a certain level of dedication to the game of football without being such a physical freak that you don't know why you have to dedicate that time. Same thing that same thing in the NBA. Players who are absolute like physical phenomenon phenoms rather that just just dominated the game of basketball that go on to become head coaches normally don't do well the coaches that do do well are the coaches that were like okay didn't really do anything great but like they they had to become smart in the way that they played the game that's why that's why steve kerr is a good coach 
that's why uh, uh, Mike D'Antoni could coach. Same thing with uh, the guy Jason Kidd in Dallas, good coach. That's why the that's why Steve Nash being as bad of a coach as he is is mind boggling. Like I mean, it's I mean some of it has to do with his you know inability to play defense, leading to his inability to coach defense. But Jeff Saturday is that kind of guy. He's one of those guys where he was very good, never super super elite physically dominating the game, but he had to think it through because center is one of the most uh, I'd say mentally demanding positions in the NFL. You know, I mean, it, it, it would go like quarterback, middle linebacker, safety, center, in my opinion. I think, I think that's the order right there. Now, the Chargers, they dropped to the 49ers in a 22-16, just absolute barn burner of a game. I mean, if you watch this game, you either had money on it or you're a fan of one of the two teams. Garoppolo had 240 yards, nothing else. Herbert somehow got outplayed by Garoppolo. He had 196 yards, one touchdown and a pick. Eckler didn't do anything. A lot of Herbert's weapons were out. And on the other side, San Francisco kind of got the run game going, but it was really quiet and it wasn't wasn't very efficient. Um, There was no real great football played either way. And so what I'm wondering is, are the 49ers ever going to play a good game? If you take out their wins against the Rams, which for some reason, Kyle Shanahan just has McVay's number. If you take out those games, they haven't had a seriously convincing win since like week either two or three against the Seattle Seahawks, which now looks like a lot better of a win uh, than it did back then. I mean, I think it was week two because Seattle had beaten Denver and then just lost to San Fran, and we all just thought, like, okay, well, you know, this, the, the Seattle win was the fluke. Well, it turns out the Seattle loss was the fluke. But that's neither here nor there. Are the 49ers ever going to play a good game? I'm, I'm going to say it's no big deal. Like, we don't need to worry about them not playing great football yet. Right now they're in prime position for uh, either a wild card spot or to win the division if Seattle slips up again you know, like they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't have a look at the standings right now, but I believe the 49ers are six and four. Haven't even had their bye yet. While Seattle is, I think, six and they might be six and three. They they both of these teams could be tied for the same record at this point. I'm not I, I can't remember. But that that's not the important thing. The important thing is is that you know, you think about the wild card teams. There's almost no, there's almost a guarantee that no wild card team is coming out of the NFC North or the NFC South. Uh, you know, in fact, I can guarantee that no, that no wild card team is coming out of the NFC South. It's possible that the Packers or the Lions run the table and make it out of the NFC North, but unlikely. What you're competing against is basically the Washington Commanders for that last playoff spot as that wild card team out in the NFC. NFC East. I think they'll make the playoffs. They they'll probably even win this division. We can wait until the playoffs to dis, to see what San Francisco does until now, until then rather it's no big deal. And then the Eagles comeback fell just short against the Commanders. They lose 26 to 21. Did the Commanders expose the Eagles cuz everyone is saying oh the Eagles are frauds, you know, like you know they played an easy schedule and and they've 
you know, they've only led in the second half. You know, they haven't trailed in the second half. They haven't had to face adversity. Did the commanders expose the Eagles? Well, what we saw from this game is that Jalen Hurts had about a Jalen Hurts game, a little bit, you know, underwhelming on the yards. But if you look down at that, you know, at that that time of possession and the stat, stat bar, Washington won the time of possession by a total of 40 and a half minutes compared to 19 and a half minutes. And the Eagles still had three turnovers that cost them drives, that cost them scoring drives. It was a fumble by, I believe it was Quez Watkins, after he'd caught the ball. He burned his corner, caught the ball, started running, and just dropped it on nothing. The ball just went loose, and the commanders picked that up. Dallas Goddard caught a football, was running into, uh, you know, running towards the red zone, and he fumbled the football, getting tackled. And then Jalen Hurts threw an interception deep into coverage. It was more of an arm punt, but that it it, it was still just a bad uh, a bad play call, bad read, both by the coach and the quarterback. The Eagles only ran four total run plays in this game. And while the Washington Commanders, their offensive line, I think it generated about a 3.5 yards per carry average. The crazy thing about it is it seemed like almost every single play, Washington was getting three yards. Like three yards, three yards four yards that and that's a first down right there like you can't you can't you know you can't beat that that's why the time of possession was so crazy the eagles had three turnovers i don't think they're going to continue to lose so many turnovers that was jalen hurts first turnover since i think it was like week four he hasn't turned the ball over in like six weeks i'm gonna say it's no big deal now i think the way that the commander's basically kicked the Eagles' teeth in in the first half. The Eagles came back to make it a two-point game and still had the chance to take the lead several times. Oh, and by the way, the final score, it wasn't it wasn't 26-21. to 21. The final score, the, the commander scored a touchdown. For anybody that's, that's listening to me or watching this, um, the commander scored a touchdown on the final play of the game. It was like a lateral where Devonta Smith just threw it to nobody, and the commanders picked it up and carried it into the end zone. I really don't care about that. This is the final score right here. This is definitely more accurate of what the game looks like. That This this five points right here. But neither here nor there. It's no big deal. The Eagles will be back on track. They're, the only hard game that they have left on the schedule is at Dallas in the game against Green Bay. All right, guys, thanks for watching that video. Be sure to like and subscribe. Let me know what you think in the comments down below and stay up to date on all of our future content.